Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Liz, and I am here by my lonesome today. Uh, I had a wonderful guest lined up for today, but he ended up falling sick, so we hope Mike gets well soon, and we're going to have him back sometime very, very soon to come chat chats with us. I had originally asked Mike to come on today because Mike... Um, He's mostly a Flames guy, of course, but he also does some writing for the Jets and does some writing for the Red Wings and stuff like that. So I thought that uh, maybe it would be a fun day to have him on because with obviously some Calgary Flames background, um, it'd be fun to talk a little bit of Matthew Kachuk, a little bit of, you know, Florida Panthers, Sands, Jonathan Hiberto, and um, Mackenzie Weger, of course. Uh, but, you know, Mike's not feeling well, so hopefully he's feeling better and we can have him on sometime soon. So I am all by myself today and um I guess I got a good game to do that for though of course honestly literally anything could have happened tonight and I could fill dead air for 30 minutes talking about Paul Maurice so I was totally fine to do it on my own so here we are um as always definitely love to see you guys in the chat um working with me throughout this stream it's obviously a lot more fun we can get some interaction going and it's also fun to listen back the next day if you're listening on Spotify on Apple or Apple Podcasts any of those other streaming platforms to hear what other fans had to say during uh the game so someone in the chat says mic up please so we will try our best to get it up and there and I turned up my gain so hopefully the audio is a bit better so um before we get started I just want to do a quick ad read think you know what way it's going to go make your bet with sports interaction whether it's World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Amazing. So obviously we want to talk a little bit about Paul Maurice today. We're going to talk about the Jets game. Uh, and I also want to talk a little bit about some of the things that, um, you know, we've seen in the last couple of games that we're going to want to uh, increase kind of what we see from the Jets in that capacity um, throughout the next couple of games and sort of um, what sorts of patterns you want to see develop in order to for the team to um, see some continued success over the course of the next couple of games. Obviously, this time of year is really important for developing good habits going into, um, you know, what would be a playoff push and stuff like that. Wins are always important, um, but it's really important to make sure that they're getting them while the games are kind of coming to them. And tonight seemed to be something that was handed to them a little bit. Connor Hellebuck stood on his head. I want to talk a little bit about Connor Hellebuck and also about the TSN broadcast. Um, so <laughs> Marty Veron, bless his heart, is the cutest. I love when he comes on and talks. Um, obviously, ex-goaltender, so he's got lots to say. And um, today, TSN talking about, or as Marty Viron says, what did he say? Goal save above expectation. Is that what he says with his little cubicle accent? It's very cute. Um, but uh, um, I thought it was really cool that they were talking about Connor Hellebuck on the broadcast in that capacity, because obviously Jets fans have been screaming about how good this guy is for years. And he won the Vezina, so of course there is a lot of excitement there. But I also think there's something to be said for the two years ago season when he had kind of a regression season, as a lot of people would call it. And TSN was able to show the goal saved above expected metrics from the last couple of years for Connor Hellebuck. 
dude's been top 10 in the league in goal saved to expected for the last like five years, um, which is absolutely bonkers. In the off year, as some people call it, he was eighth in the league and he's been like top three since then. And I think it's really important for mainstream broadcasts to start talking about metrics like that because, you know, when they come in, they're like, oh, let's look at the numbers. And with a goalie, it's wins, it's shutouts, it's safe percentage, and it's what's the other one I'm missing? Um, goals against average, right? Those are the only things they talk about. And we understand the limitations of those stats on their own. And I think it's really cool to bring in other metrics for people to talk about a little bit too, because I just think it gives you a little bit of a bigger picture and a, a different perspective to look at. So shout out to Marty Moran for bringing that up. Shout out to TSN for using that in the graphic. I much prefer to see that than like Connor Halbuck's goals saved above expected in the last, or pardon me, like goals against average from the last couple seasons. Like, okay, the Jets were bad. I know. Um, but I think it goes to show that the last few years of the Jets giving up a lot of shot quality. Um, that's just something that a lot of um, Jets fans have been talking about for quite some time. Garrett Hole, notably, is one of them. Um, lots of people on Twitter and stuff like that talking about the shot quality. That's something that's reflected in goals saved above expected and not something like goals against average or save percentage. So I think it's really nice to see Connor Hellbuck painted in that picture on a mainstream broadcast as well. Obviously, he was incredible tonight. I'm just going to quickly pull up the score to see exactly how many shots there were. Um, I thought it was kind of funny that, you know, like, again, you can look at the score and be like, oh, the Jets crushed the Panthers tonight, um, but padded with an empty net goal. And also the shots were pretty heavily in favor of the Panthers. Um, It looks like Connor Halbach had 41 saves uh, tonight, or pardon me, shots against tonight, 39 saves. Um, And then... I can't even see. It's giving me Spencer Knight. I know they chased Spencer Knight partway through the second. Um, but Connor Halbuck had some pretty good saves tonight. He really kept them in there on a couple things. But um, let's talk about Paul Maurice slash the good of the Jets and slash where this kind of interconnects a little bit. So I really want to touch on Dave's comment in the chat. I think it's really important. Most underreported or most unreported, pardon me, story of the year has to be 55 quit on Pomo two years ago. And so I just love to talk, right? Like I am a very chatty person, talk hockey, talk jets all the time. And naturally when you talk as much as I do, um, you tend to just say things sometimes and you develop theories, you develop thoughts, you share things. And one of the stories that um, I was pretty committed to as a storyline was the trio of Paul Maurice, Mark Shifley, and Blake Wheeler. I really fed into the narrative that, you know, they are part of the reason that Patrick Lyonet left, part of the reason that a couple of other people left, different things like that. But as someone who talks a lot, but also is willing to admit when they are wrong, I was wrong on that. And that's something that I think is really important, um, you know, to admit to. I was wrong. I don't think Mark Shifley was as much a part of that Paul Maurice, Blake Wheeler, whole spiel situation as we thought he was. A lot of people thought that Mark Shifley was one of Blake, or, um, was one of Paul Maurice's, you know, little golden children. We talked about, you know, the whole ongoing story of the 2C and how the Jets didn't have a 2C. Mark Shifley was the surefire 1C. There was never anyone challenging him for his spot. There wasn't enough accountability, all that kind of stuff. Remember, we talked about that for years. And while a lot of that I do still feel like is true, just kind of by the nature of the team and the composition of the team, there wasn't enough internal competition for someone like Mark Shifley to be challenged enough every single game and worried about his spot, which sometimes I feel like players need. But I don't think there was as much of a buddy-buddy relationship between Paul Maurice and Mark Shifley as I thought there was. And tonight's interview in the 
first intermission, I believe it was when um, Mark Shifley talked to John Liu and he, his quote, I'll have to find it later, but basically he's like, yeah, nice to have him back. Nice tribute, but now we can get on with the game. Like it wasn't the same, you know, Blake Wheeler vibes of I would run through a wall for this man, right? Like (laughs) we all remember that. Um, So in that capacity, um, I thought that was interesting. Um, I think Mark Shively has had a much better season this year than he has in the last couple, and I'm definitely not alone in that. And part of that could be because of the whole he gave up on Paul Maurice, and now he sees this as a time for kind of some rejuvenation. Like, remember this summer, we were looking in, you know... Mark Shifley, there was all this stuff about him wanting out of town, wanting out of town, and he came out and he kiboshed that, right? And a lot of people think that, um, you know, the, the Paul Maurice, Dave Lowry, like the change of scenery with Rick Bonus this summer was really good for him, and he's looked really good so far this season. The two goals tonight, man, oh man, those were sharp, especially that second Shifley goal. Oh, that was so, so pretty. Hence, again, jersey of the game, Mark Shifley stays on the wall because his two goals tonight were so gorgeous. I wish he would have got that hat trick against Paul Maurice would have, oh, so good. It would have been so good. But, and he had a couple of really, really good chances tonight too. And that's something that Brady and I have been talking about on Game Over for quite some time. Um, is just what we're seeing that we're missing from the Jets right now is the quality and quantity, quantity over everything um, of slot shots and in tight shots, as opposed to just floaters from the point and stuff like that, right? So, when I was talking to some Dallas Stars fans um, earlier when Rick Bonus was first hired, some of them were talking to me about how um, the Rick Bonus system as like defending, like within your own blue line, is a lot of outside perimeter shots and not a lot of in tight shots. And I was happy with that. I was like, you know what? I have a great goalie. I trust Connor Hellebuck's ability to take those perimeter shots and deal with them accordingly. You know, give not give up bad rebounds, nice and swallow them, you know, do what he has to do kind of thing. But I also find that I've seen a little bit of a pattern with that offensively as well. And I don't know if that's typical of Rick Bonus. I can't say that I paid enough attention to that specifically when he was in Dallas because, you know, I didn't anticipate that he was going to come here until he did. Um, But I just find out lately there have been a lot of perimeter shots, a lot of point shots from the defensemen. We saw some good stuff from Dylan Sandberg tonight, which is exciting, but we don't have a lot of, like, not all of the defensemen are really, really good at those. We don't have a Brent Burns who's able to just sneak every puck through from the point, right? So um, Josh Morrissey having a lot of points this year, I don't think is an accident. Obviously, Josh Morrissey is having a fantastic season, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him because I am so here for the return of Josh Morrissey. But I do think a lot of that, the fact that he's scoring so much comes from the fact that the Jets do take a lot of outside from the top shots. And I think that if they were able to increase the amount of in tight shots that they get, they would score a lot more at five on five. Um, But so that's... I sorry, I'm all over the place. Kind of digress a little bit back to kind of the original point. So Mark Shifley's goals tonight, particularly that second one, when you're in tight like that, it just it opens up a lot. And Mark Shifley's first goal um, coming from the power play. Is everyone th- thoughts on the power play tonight? That first power play that they didn't score on. Second unit didn't even get out because the first minute, or pardon me, the first unit had two full minutes of possession, which was amazing. And the players are rotating a little bit. Mark Shifley scoring in net front goal like a Pierre like Dubois type goal on a power play is I'm totally here for that right because it's atypical and I like a Jets power play that's a little bit less predictable you know we're not necessarily having Blake Wheeler feeding from the half wall we're not necessarily having um you know different kinds of 
um, shots from Kyle Connor on the side and Mark Shifley, you know, taking his one-timers. Like, it's different. It's different. And different is good. And I think especially against the Palmeiras team, Palmeiras team knows this power play. He created this power play, right? So having a little bit of change there tonight, I think, was good. Brady in the chat says power play looked great tonight. And I agree. Like, I think, I think it was awesome. And Brady also said the atmosphere was electric in the building tonight. Before we get back to the hockey stuff, I can we talk about the trivia video? Um, I and shout out to the person who tagged me in it on Twitter, and they're like, "Please talk about this tonight," and I will. Um, tribute video, obviously, Paul Maurice back in the building tonight. Spent what eight and a half years, nine years here. It's a long time. That's a really long time for a coach to stay in one place, and that's a really long time for someone to stay in Winnipeg. Um, but all that to say. Um, Obviously, Jamie Compon coming back as well with Paul Maurice. They gave the tribute video, better tribute video than they gave Patrick Line. I'm going to die bitter about that. Personally, I'll probably be on my deathbed being like, oh, my will is here. And also, I hated that Line tribute video from 2021. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Um, I want to find um, the tweet that someone sent me. This is note for game over. The Jets media team just silly. <laughs> use a still from the Maurice meme for the return video thumbnail on YouTube. So they posted the video and this, where's my camera here? This is the one they use. They use the Paul Maurice waving dot gif as the thumbnail for the video, which is just the most perfect thing ever. I love the Paul Maurice waving dot gif. He put his arm around Jamie Compon. It was cute. It was fine. Um, but <laughs> Palmeries waving dot gif will always be the best part of Jets Twitter and getting a little reiteration of that tonight plus the Jets Twitter vibing into that a little bit and making that the thumbnail is so 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 funny I love it um Palmeries again we all have our gripes with him I would have gripes with any coach that stayed with a team for nine years and had like two playoff series wins three maybe I don't even know two three including the bubble I think it's only three no, yeah, Minnesota, Nashville, and then Edmonton. Was it only three? Wow. See, that again, yeah. He he came into a mess. I'll give him that. He came into a mess. Um, but any coach that's here for that long and doesn't have as much success as we would have liked to have seen, people will have gripes with. But again, I'd love to go have a beer with Paul Maurice. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I want him to do well, but also, like, selfishly, I kind of don't because then it's like, I was right. <laughs> but again, we'd all be like this about any coach and coaching in the NHL cannot be an easy job. So I try and be a little bit nicer about him because I know we're pretty harsh on him on Twitter and stuff like that. But, you know, anytime someone comes back, you know, you, you have that. I'm a fan first, right? Like, so obviously I can try and take the high road on things. But at the same time, if I had an opinion on someone, it always feels a little bit good for it to be right sort of thing. So Brady says Panthers run it in shambles right now. And yeah, I know they're they're struggling with it. And I, I was watching a couple things tonight and like, this is a Paul Maurice coach hockey team. Like, I think the thing is, like, as much as it sucks to lose your players from last year, and I think that that's the elephant in the room that can't not be addressed, right? Losing Jonathan Huberto, losing Mackenzie Weger is huge. Calgary also is going through similar things in the sense that it's like, it's not like they're in worse shape. They lost Sean Monaghan, they lost Johnny Gaudreau, of course, but they brought in Nazem Kadri, they brought in those two Florida guys. But anytime you shift your core around like that, like it's grounds for change, um, you have, you takes more time to adjust and all that kind of stuff. But tonight, like, like some penalty killing and just the five men in the defensive zone collapsing with the Florida Panthers and just giving the Jets more room than they should have been. I was like, wow, I, f I felt like in some moments I was watching 
my hockey team and Florida Panthers jerseys. And on the broadcast, a couple teams are like, Paul Maurice's team will be down a man for the second time in this period. And I was like, no, no, the Jets haven't been down a man yet this period. I'm like, oh, the, the Jets aren't Paul Maurice's team. Like, you know, you're still, it's still in, in the brain kind of thing. But there were a lot of similarities I found between the way that the Florida Panthers played tonight and the way that the Winnipeg Jets played under Paul Maurice that is not encouraging if I were a Panthers fan, right? Like it's not, not necessarily in a good way. And I want to bring up a Garrett Hole tweet. Second time mentioning him already because we love Garrett Hole in this house, so I got to bring it up. Um, he says, this is before the game is over. It'll be fitting slash ironic that Paul Maurice will outchance the Jets at five on five, but the Jets will win due to a few key plays and superior goaltending. Uh, I haven't talked about Kyle Connor yet, but obviously Kyle Connor tonight, like, you know, his shots, amazing. Those goals, amazing. Mark Shifley, amazing. Key plays is exactly the right term for that. I don't think the Jets outplayed the Florida Panthers at all. If you were to go look at something like like money puck I think I looked at super briefly and like you know the whole deserve to win a meter thing you take what you want from that like it's obviously limited just as everything else is um but it does take into a lot into account a lot of really important factors and it had the Florida Panthers outplaying the Winnipeg Jets and I don't disagree with that especially in that second period key plays like Garrett Hole said were what put the Jets ahead but it wasn't the long game right Florida did have more chances Connor Hellebuck was just really good tonight and I also think the Jets power play was really fantastic that second unit I'm still struggling with um I don't like it um like Mikey Essimont I'm fine with but Sam Gagne I've been struggling with lately Nate Schmidt Neil Pionk like there are a couple guys on there that I know it's hard to pick 10 players to be on a team but or pardon me to be on your your special teams like you only have x number of guys in the ice not everyone is set for the power play some of them will just have to play the power play but the second unit is rough it's Cole Perfetti and a bunch of dudes and Cole Perfetti I don't think has enough um to to carry those four guys with him and it it really is four guys Mikey Esimont Adam Lowry Nate Schmidt and who Sam Gagne Neil Pionk sometimes depends on the day that's that's not a powerful unit I'm looking at in the long term, but I, that's besides the point. The first unit was really good tonight, and when Nikolai Ehlers comes back and they're able to rejuvenate both of those units, we'll be cooking with gas, boys. We'll be cooking with gas. Brady says the second was all helly. That's absolutely true. I want to talk about something, and this is this is where I need the chat. Matthew Kachuk, guys. Spearing or not spearing? Obviously, it was a shithead play. That That's not in question here. We know it was a shithead play. But was it actually spearing? I watched the replay a couple of times. And to me, like, the definition of spearing, right, is when you wrap the stick around, the blade goes into the gut or goes into the player. To me, it looked like the blade wrapped around the side of Brenda Dillon. So was it spearing? Because if it was spearing, that's five in the game. That's a s- suspension in some capacity. You... Okay, so Justin says it was spearing. <laughs> DC Punk, spearing. Okay, so people are saying it's spearing. Okay, fair. I'll take that. When I was watching the replays, I just wasn't sure. But if it's... Okay, Darren says it's not spearing. See, interesting. This is where the controversy is. But I know there's no controversy in saying that. Matthew Kachuk should have been up to fight Brendan Dillon on that next shift. And it's so embarrassing that he didn't. If I was him, I would be embarrassed. Um, and But that wasn't the only controversial penalty slash call slash whatever of the game. Um, my other um, one is about, oh, geez, now I'm going to butcher his name. His first name is Josh, and I don't remember his last name, and I'm probably going to butcher it if I try and pronounce it. I'm going to pull it up super quick. 
da 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 I should have come a little bit more prepared. Mahura. Mahura. What's his last name? Josh Mahura. Boarding. Do you think he's going to get suspended for that one? The boarding call um, on Blake Wheeler there. Glad Blake Wheeler was okay. I hate those plays. I hate, hate, hate those awkward neck first into the boards, hit from behinds. Also, it was so funny. Kevin Sawyer was like, oh, that's a clean hit. And then he watches the replay and he's like, I take it back. I take it back. And it was like, honestly, good for you. Um, but uh, yeah, do you guys think that Mahura is going to get suspended for that play? I kind of don't think so, but I also was glad that they called it when it happened because I hate those plays. Those neck first into the boards hits always scare the life out of me like you could ruin someone's career with one of those but uh um yeah I thought that both of those plays tonight were kind of crappy was not a fan I hate that part of the game I don't like fighting I'm one of those mm, some people might call me what what's the snowflake maybe maybe some people call me a snowflake maybe maybe this is very snowflakey of me but I don't really like fighting I don't like those ugly hits I don't like it when guys come and they try and scrap about all these kinds of things but uh I didn't like either of those plays tonight um Neil Pionk's fight was kind of hilarious just because Neil Pionk to me like I feel like he would see a butterfly on the side of the road and be like oh that's so nice like I just feel like that's not Neil Pionk at all and he had him at first man like I thought Neil Pionk was gonna beat the crap out of him and ended up he probably lost that fight I don't know I don't like fighting I was with my family we were watching um they were like oh yeah it's good fight and like that's an oxymoron there's no such thing as a good fight not a fan not a fan of fights but uh um justin says if mihara gets anything it'll be a fine um that's exactly it. yeah you might get a five thousand dollar fine but who knows probably not um but the one other officiating thing i will say was congratulations to the refs on blowing the puck dead when Connor Hellbuck's helmet came off. I knew you could do it. I knew you could do it. That was so funny. And when Brady was saying earlier that the building was electric tonight, see, that's the kind of thing that's so fun to me is when that play happens and <laughs> um, they actually call it down and everyone just cheers for it. Like, I thought that was really funny because, you know, we're all Jets fans. We've all been here through the highs and the lows and that Dallas game was a huge, like, everyone is still talking about it. So the whole crowd just being in on that big, sarcastic cheer was just so funny. I really enjoyed that. It's the same kind of vibes as Mihura um, getting that penalty and then that the goal on the ensuing power play and Pierre-Luc Dubois turning around, pointing at the box. It's like, yes, I love that kind of stuff. I love the petty. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's the Bronx cheer never gets old when it's like warranted. I think it's hilarious. Like, you know, when the Jets, what was that one time that it was so funny? The Jets didn't have a shot for like 15 minutes or something stupid like that. I think this was last season already, but I'm never going to forget it. And then Blake Wheeler came out and had like a really whiny interview afterwards or something. It was a whole thing. But the Bronx cheer so good. I will always love it. I love it when the crowd is into things, and tonight they were into it. Uh, the team gave them exciting goals to cheer about, and I love exciting goals. Everyone loves a good exciting goal. Also, on the specialty nights tonight was military night, so obviously when it's one of those nights that's dedicated to a certain group of people and stuff like that, and there are people in the house who are personally um, impacted or personally find value in that particular theme night, it's always nice when people are excited about the wins and stuff like that, so <laughs> I am probably going to wrap it up pretty soon. Um, I just kind of want to ask everyone in the chat, what from that game are you looking to see continue 
into the next game that the Jets play? And what are you looking to hopefully see at Kibosh before the next game? Obviously, one game is really hard to kind of make all these determinations on and stuff like that, but there are patterns and kind of stuff. So personally, I'd really like to see the power play continue. I'd like to see more mobility on that power play. I thought it was pretty fluid tonight, and I thought the changing of the players was amazing. Um, just kind of having the different players in the different positions and all that kind of good stuff is always fantastic. Um, I'd like to see that power play movement continue. That's a big one for me. Um, what I would like to see get kibosh is just a little bit of sloppiness. I thought there was some sloppiness tonight especially in the middle period there like I just thought there wasn't enough crispness on some of the plays like the pinches up kind of thing I don't dislike when players jump up to their own defensive blue line and go for the puck kind of for a little joust thing I don't dislike that but one thing that whenever I say this people somehow for some reason perceive this to be an insult it's not an insult it's the utmost compliment but there are some players I like I really like watching women's hockey because Puck battles are the most exciting thing for me to watch in women's hockey because since they can't hit each other in the corner, they're so much more strategic with the way that they try and excrete the puck from different situations and stuff like that. I find that their sick movements and their strategy of kind of trying to pass the puck out from a scrum is always so much better. And I think that that's some of the Cole Perfetti is good at that. Adam Lowry is sneaky good at that. Like just kind of like, you know, n- not always just trying to cross check the guy and slam into him and stuff like that. So all that to say, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here as I often do. Um, but I'd like to see more of that strategic crispness like just general intelligence. Is that rude? Maybe it's rude. But when they go into those scrums, especially those 50-50 pucks and stuff like that, and not just immediately going for the body or immediately just like slamming into the guy, thinking about what they're going to do with the puck, that's when teams are at their best is when they're kind of, those more cerebral plays are more frequent. And I found that the Jets just got a little bit sloppy with some of that stuff tonight. So um, someone in the chat says Hellbuck's dominance is something like they'd like to see continue. Yeah. I'd always like to see that continue and I think it's the kind of thing that at this point it's what we can expect is just sheer utter dominance in a performance from Connor Hellbuck which is really important so um and then someone in the chat says they didn't completely collapse after that second goal progress yes oh my goodness then that goal came in I was stressed guys I was like oh my goodness maybe this is maybe this is where they fall apart maybe this is where they fall apart against Paul Maurice and I was stressed, but they, they held it together. And again, that's good. That composure is really, really important. Um, and Dave says, Panthers Twitter feed spam to the Pomo GIF. And I think that's the perfect way to end this. Um, Pomo GIF is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, Pomo giving a hug to Jamie Compon instead of giving us an individual waving GIF did kind of take some fun out from me. I was like, why are you trying to be a nice guy to your your Winnipeg colleague here? Why won't you give me what I want with a new waving GIF? But um, the Jets thumbnail, the GIF making it into the video, hilarious, amazing. Pomeroy's coming back and, you know, the Jets getting that win probably felt pretty sweet to the Mark Shifley's of the world. You know, I hope somewhere Nick Patan and Billy Hanel are smiling and clapping for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, yeah, I appreciate everyone jumping in and chatting with me tonight. Um, obviously these solo shows are, they're interesting, you know, I'm not the monologuing type, I really enjoy the interview type style when I can bring someone on, pick their brain a little bit, share my thoughts, and we can just bounce off each other like that, and you know, there will be much more of that coming. I have a couple of pretty great guests lined up, and always Brady and I are jumping on our own podcast, jumping on this show together, doing the show, um, which is what I love, I enjoy chatting with people about that kind of stuff. 
Um, but these monologues can be fun. <laughs> um, and I appreciate everyone coming in and, and chatting with me. And if you have any ideas for guests or for content for the shows in the future, let me know. I'd love to hear it. And if that's all, then I will sign off for the night. Someone in the chat says, do the wave. And I think I got to end it off with the... <laughs> for those who aren't watching, Paul Maurice Waving Duck GIF, the gift that keeps on giving. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining. Have a great night. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.